Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 28. In the end, the hardest part of the journey back to the palace wasn't stealing the taxi driver's skimmer, nor avoiding the perimeter patrols that Ariadne herself had scheduled. It was the closed door to Sarah's apartment, the quiet and the darkened windows. Stood outside, Ariadne had to wait for five endless minutes before her jangled nerves were calmed enough to knock. A light flicked on, then another, and the door opened a crack, enough to reveal Sarah in a nightgown. Her eyes were puffy, her face red. Ariadne unsealed the slick suit's hood and smiled wanly. Room for a little one? Oh my God, I thought you were dead, Sarah said, grabbing her into a hug. Ariadne felt tears gather in her own eyes as Sarah clung to her. When they parted, Sarah smiled and then blushed. God, I must look like... Come in, she said, all but pulling Ariadne into the apartment. Ariadne went into the small front room, taking in the empty bottle of wine, the half-eaten bowl of ice cream defrosting slowly on the kitchen worktop. The big soft screen on the wall was playing a newscast of the skimmer crash. It was muted, but the strapline running along the bottom had headlines like Princess Ariadne in shock crash horror. The room was small but comfortable, and she sank gratefully down into one of the armchairs. Bit of a thing. Had a crash. But, she said, that's not important. Not important? Ariadne, it's all over the news. They think you're dead. And your face, it's all scratched up. Sarah ran into the other room, coming back a moment later with a small first aid kit. Here, let's get those sorted. Sarah, you're amazing, Ariadne said, closing her eyes as Sarah began to dab at the cuts on her cheek with an antiseptic wipe. What would I do without you? Obviously, whatever you were doing this evening, Sarah scolded. Where have you been? I owe you an apology first, Ariadne said, waving Sarah's hands away and looking into her eyes. I've not been fair to you the last few days, and it's not you, it's me. I, when that little pissant, the boy Syke, messed with me, he did it with your face on. Sarah's hand went to her mouth. Oh, that's, I'm so sorry, Ariadne, I I didn't know. It's not your fault, or even your place to be sorry. I'll work it out. Just be patient, okay? Sarah frowned, then put the wipe aside. No, Ariadne, it's not okay. Don't tell me what my place is either. When I was up on that gantry and you walked down there with that psych, I thought I'd lost you. Lost something that I didn't even know I'd got, almost. But I do know I've got you, and I'm not making any sense, and I never want to feel like that again. Tears glistened in the corners of her eyes, and she wiped them away angrily. I know you'll work it out, but I can help you. Let me help you. Ariadne felt a lump rise in her own throat. She nodded. Of course, she managed to get out. Sarah took a breath, then another, and went back to her ministrations. Tell me what you were doing this evening. I went to visit a sick bioscientist. The comm centre wasn't that, it was just a cover. It was a lab, and Father had them working on a biological weapon to end the war forever. Coordinator Tanevsky found out and had it destroyed. Sarah caught on immediately. 
He wanted to make sure he would get support from the Jovians when he launches his coup. That does make sense. Better than that, I think he tried to have me assassinated this evening, Ariadne said. The pilot was switched on my skimmer at the hospital and then we went down. Hopefully he thinks I'm dead. You'd better get off Earth then, Sarah said. You mean we'd better, Ariadne replied, smiling. Sarah smiled back and for a moment all the worry and care melted away. Ariadne cleared her throat. The front lines or knocked his point. Luna's a bit close, and the front lines are a bit hot at the moment, what with the psych-proof Jovians. Knocked his point, then, Sarah nodded. Makes sense. The next move for the Jovians is to eradicate the psychs. It was Ariadne's turn to look mystified. How so? Well, look at the evidence, Sarah said. They're proof against psychs now, but they still represent humanity. A symbol of hope, and here on Earth they can keep the populace in check. The war's already lost on the moons of Jupiter. Noctis Point would serve as the logical staging point for any strike at Earth. They can't attack the Empire properly with Sykes at their back. Sarah shrugged. I thought that was why you suggested it. No, I... Ariadne shook her head, smiling ruefully. Sarah, if I ever doubt you, remind me of this moment. Sarah blushed and looked down, the tips of her ears burning red. Right, Ariadne said, getting up. We need to get over to the other side of the palace. There's a shuttle stashed there. My emergency ticket if things ever became problematic. That's one word for it, Sarah said, getting up and moving into the bedroom. What can we take with us? I'm not sure there's much we need, Ariadne replied. A change of clothes, maybe. Slick suit, definitely. Toothbrush. I can't get mine. I can get yours, Sarah called back. She came out again, now dressed in a t-shirt, jeans and a jumper, her slick suit showing at the wrists. If you want. Too risky. You might be seen, questions might be asked. We need to go, and now. They left the lights burning in the apartment to make it look like someone was home and walked across the compound. The exterior of the palace, with its tall floodlit columns and imposing facade, stared down at them with a thousand empty windows. Their dark clothes and slick suits at least helped to hide them somewhat, but more than a few times they had to hide behind overly large potted plants while guards patrolled. Every few metres, Ariadne was forced to pull out her soft screen and deactivate a security camera, reinitialising them once they were safely passed. The shuttle was well hidden behind an older generator building and covered in an active camouflage top hauling, which Ariadne stripped and pulled into the cargo compartment. How'd this never get discovered? Sarah asked. No one comes here. The building's decommissioned thanks to a false log entry, and those, Ariadne said, pointing to the cameras mounted on the corners of the building, don't quite meet here. It's a blind spot. The shuttle's interior was cold and smelled musty, but everything looked in working order, despite a covering of dust. This thing is old, Sarah said. Look at the controls. They're not even hologrammatic. And it's cold. When did you put it here? About ten years ago, Ariadne replied, tapping the controls into life. The board lit up, soft screen buttons glowing brightly. Ariadne frowned, trying to orient herself to the controls, which were far more complicated than modern skimmers. Wasn't sure when I'd need it, but it seemed like a good idea at the time. I'd say it was paranoia, but... But now you need it, and suddenly it looks like good forward planning, Sarah finished. Well, scoot over. Room for two up front, I'm sure. With a smile, Ariadne moved along the bench seat, and Sarah climbed in. Belt yourself in, she said. I set a little something up to briefly scramble all cameras and sentry guns long enough to get away, but we'll need to be quick, so that as few people as possible see it. Sarah nodded. Ready when you are, she said. 
Ariadne reached under the dashboard and found a small button held in place by brittle sticky tape. She clicked it, and a pulse of static rippled across the console's screen. The two cameras outside instantly dropped their field of vision straight down, and Ariadne grinned. She tapped the controls, and the skimmer shot upwards, effortlessly leaving the ground. The palace was gone almost immediately as they passed through the clouds and continued to climb. The engines coughed, nearly cutting out, and Sarah shrieked. Hold on, Ariadne shouted, hammering the dashboard. Everything went eerily silent as the engines cut out. Work, work, you bastard, she said, bringing her foot up and kicking the dash. All the lights went out and then flickered back on. There was a bang as the engines roared into life and the flight smoothed out. The rushing sound of the wind diminished, then stopped as they passed out of the atmosphere. Sweating, hands shaking, Ariadne programmed the autopilot and activated it, feeling the slight lurch as it took over and turned them towards Mars. What are we going to do once we get there? Sarah asked, staring out at the starfield through the cockpit glass. I don't really know, Ariadne said. Warn them there's an attack coming, but we don't know when. Try to work with their staff to get around the anti-psych thing. They've had that Jovian corpse for a couple of weeks now. Perhaps they've come up with something. And if they haven't? Then we prepare as best we can. Evacuate when the attack comes. Get everyone safely away. Sarah punched her lightly on the arm. You're not telling me everything, she said, accusingly. That's right, Ariadne thought, realising it for herself at the same moment. I'm not. I'm going to stay behind. If it looks like there might be a chance to talk, she said hollowly. I'm going to stay behind if it looks like there might be a chance to talk, she said. There must be peace. I plan to be captured. We will be staying then, Sarah said. No, Sarah, it's too dangerous. And I said I'm staying. You can order me all you want, Ariadne, but I'm not letting you do that alone. I'm not letting you walk down that gantry again without being there with you. Ariadne looked at Sarah, shocked by the steel in her voice. She nodded. Fine. Then we both try for peace. They flew on in silence, and for a few minutes all Ariadne did was watch as one of the points of light grew in intensity and size. Mars visibly growing closer. Something like static roared in her head, preventing her from thinking, from even feeling. It was Sarah's voice that broke the silence. We have another option, she said slowly, if Mars falls. Oh? Do you think we can reason with the Jovians, truly? Ariadne shrugged. Maybe. We don't know enough about them to make that judgement straight away, but perhaps. They're being aided, though. How much is the machine? She clicked her fingers. The machine? You're suggesting we go and, what, parley with the machine itself? Yes. Yes. It's behind a lot of this. We have no idea why. The worst that can happen is it kills us. At best, we might find out what the hell's really going on here and maybe stop the war. Because between your father and the machine, I know which one I would put my faith in for actually being able to follow through. Mars was growing quickly now and as the shuttle came in for its landing, Ariadne nodded her agreement. If this comes to nothing, we'll go to Pluto, and to the machine. You've been listening to chapter 28 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more episodes and blogging about writing, 